0: I
1: think it's time we grow this dream. Get everybody on the mics together. Okay,
2: three, two, one podcast. Hey there, Bounty Hunters! How y'all doing? It's me, Captain Boot Scoot, aka Vanilla Husband, aka your host, Jesse. Welcome, welcome back to the Sudden But Inevitable Rebop, the podcast where we take one or two anime-resistant first-timers through one or two episodes of Cowboy Bebop, depending on how we're feeling that given week. Now, of course, that means that I have more people to introduce you to. And the first person that I have to introduce you to is a very long-time friend of mine and the host of the Twist My Arm podcast, Josh. Josh, how are you doing this week, my friend?
3: I am doing wonderful. Thank you. How are you?
2: Oh, man. It has been a week. It has Mm -hmm. been a week. but. Just like always, I'm happy to be here on a Friday with you. Yes, yes, I am always
3: happy to be here. I do want to say um Kylie is not here today as you can see. Normally we're sharing the screen, but she is off today. So it's uh it's just you and I and who who else? Well,
2: that's a good point. We do have one other else to introduce. And that else, of course, is the raw red emotional core. Of the sudden but inevitable Rebop. Ricky D. from Best Flicks with Ricky D. Ricky D. from Best Flicks with Ricky D. How are you doing this week, my friend?
1: It has been a heck of a week. But uh, I've got a couple of days off. we got Labor Day that we're celebrating over here in the States. Yeah. So we should all be looking at a, at a long weekend, hopefully. And I've actually got a few extra days off, so... Ooh. I'm sitting in a good place.
2: Very cool. Well planned, if I may. And yes, to Josh's point... Here at the Twist My Arm Network, we like to give all of our employees a healthy amount of paid time off. And since we pay nothing, it's really easy to do. (laughs) So, Kylie is taking the night paid.
3: (laughs) Yes, indeed. Um, I don't get off for Labor Day, but uh, I did take three days off last week to go to a concert, which was (gasps) amazing. Oh, it was magical, you guys. I can't even tell you how great it was to go to a live show again. Like, I wasn't the only one crying either. Everyone in my 12-person <laughs> group was crying. Like, you look around yeah. it, like, the entire crowd was crying. Like, it was it was yeah. a very emotional experience, and I would gladly trade Labor Day for that.
2: <laughs> <laughs> That's a good trade-off. I know the concept you're speaking of, and I can vouch for that. I saw a lot of people on Facebook Just posting about it with tears or videos of them crying or saying, I'm crying right now. I mean, it was, yeah, it was, it was, seems like it was a very, very good show. It was great. This is a bit of a throwback to kind of the inception of our little crew here at Sudden But Inevitable. If you are familiar with the history of the show, you will know that way, way back during The Mandalorian Season 2, Josh and I were running a little show called Quest Me, and a friend of ours, Ricky D, at that time not yet of Best Flicks with Ricky D, guested on the show and became a staple. And here we are. It's this is this is a little nostalgic, you guys. I do miss Kylie, but it's kind of. I mean, it's it's nice to have a show with you guys. It's been a while. I, you know, I think we can do this. I think Kylie will be proud of what we put out tonight. I agree
3: with you on that for sure, and it, it is a throw it. It's very nostalgic it, it brings back great memories of talking about the mandalorian oh my goodness i kind of want to go watch that season again
1: <laughs> it's a it, good show uh, you know it's making me kind of proud of the fact that i've been here i'm kind of been here for a little while now and i'm always bringing the hard-hitting questions <laughs> so i think that's my place here
2: i think we should probably retool ricky d from best flicks with ricky d's intro to include something to allude to that now we do want to say hello to all the wonderful people that we have in our live chat. I would like to say hello to Callie D. She says, Ah oh, yes, American spelling. My bad. She Labor Day Labor. with the U. Yes. Yeah, yeah. That's 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 wonderful. I dig that. Um, mm-hmm. we are we are very happy to have you with us, Kelly. I also have heard recently from our very dear friend Rosie, who's at DragonCon currently. She may be stopping by for a little bit. But if she doesn't, we'll certainly understand why. Now, with that little bit of business out of the way. I guess that means that this week we should have Josh handle the synopses for our episodes, right? Um, yes. <laughs> um.
1: This is me stalling <laughs> for Josh <laughs> while he takes a few minutes to look up those synopses. Yeah,
2: yeah, stall Stall for me. Stall for me. I'd like to point out, we are a an award-winning podcast, my friends. We are also one of the top ten... Percent of podcasts in the world. We recently did a little bit of research. Now I want to be a hundred percent clear. That only includes about four hundred thousand podcasts. So there's a lot, of, a lot of shows there, right? We are deeply proud of that because overall there are more than four million podcasts in the world. So we're feeling really good about that. And as we've said before, we recently passed two thousand downloads. We're trucking right towards fifteen hundred followers on Twitter. I just the support of the community that we've been getting is is amazing and heartwarming and we can't thank you all enough and that includes everybody in the live chat and everybody listening in their headphones in podcast land who i never ever mean to forget if i do josh my friend have we given you sufficient stalling time
3: yes this episode is session 21 boogie woogie feng feng shui is that right feng shui feng shui perfect Jack, it's a mysterious note from an old friend Pow and finds himself teaming up with his daughter, who uses feng shui to decipher it. The two are also chased by syndicate mobsters also searching for him. That's straight from IMDb. I am sorry. Kylie usually writes her own.
2: (laughs) She's way better at that. Actually, if I'm not mistaken, the ones that Kylie uses are from Hulu, and they're very brief, and that's what I love about them. Not that I'm criticizing your synopsis whatsoever, of course. It's (laughs) just that she's very like, here's a thing, and then boom, she's out of the way. So um there's no stalling with her she <laughs> she knows what's up. <laughs> Some of us are professionals. So uh em- <laughs> do you have any fun facts to append to this show title Josh?
3: Um yes, there were a couple. The boogie woogie is mm-hmm. actually like a dance that was brought out in the 20s, 30s and 40s I believe. Um and then the other, there was one more. It was, oh, the two guys dressed in suits are actually based off of the Blues Brothers from Saturday Night Live.
2: Oh. And, and would they have been, work for the Blue, Sna- or the Blue Serpent? Correct. Uh, Syndicate, yeah. Yeah. That's cool. That makes them the Blues Brothers. That is but, so cool. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I want to say hello to Roy, the intrepid DM in the chat. He says, boogie woogie feng shui is indeed fun to say. <laughs> Thank you, Roy. I agree with you. I don't know about you guys, but uh this baseline really makes me want to boogie the baseline that's going on behind his narration. I do really like though that email is still kicking fifty years on, right? I right. <laughs> immediately thought to myself, Well, we've gotta have had it for about fifty years, right? Like I haven't been using I'm not fifty. Let me just throw that out first, but secondarily it's got a, it, it usually is probably what 15 or 20 years before everybody had it is probably when it got invented, right? So I just, I Googled like, okay, what's the uh, invent, who's the inventor of email and when did it happen? And immediately I ran into this like strange, very heated conflict between somebody claiming that this scientist did it in 1971 and then a, Whole separate community of people claiming that a guy, a 14 year old working in the mailroom of some corporation, invented it in 1978. And it was like, there is no definitive answer. People are just on one side or the other, which I found to be strange and fascinating. But the point comes down to we've had email for about 50 years. So it's not that much of a surprise that we'd have it for another 50 years. And where I get that number is that the guy who dies or who we think is dead in this episode, he was born in 2021. Oh no. it's twenty twenty one right now. Like interesting. How cool is that? That's and yep. You know, yep. and then of course it goes to twenty seventy one. So <laughs> Right. Oh wow, Callie, right in my heart. Thank you for clearing up that you're not fifty. I was one ow. Ow. That hurts. Oh, sh- Somebody take over the show. Wow.
3: Um <laughs> <laughs> I can't even respond. That's that's crazy. But uh no, I I really liked the that was the first part of mine was the email, and then how he tracks down the the grave of his friend, and then while he's at the grave, the Blues Brothers starts shooting at him, and I yeah. think one of my favorite scenes that made me chuckle a lot was the anime run down the stairs as <laughs> as the Blues Brothers are chasing them. Like I've seen that numerous times, where
2: you know the yep.
3: really <laughs> really uh what's what's the word. Uh, Making pronounced. sure you know that they're running.
2: <laughs> Over exaggerated yeah. yes. Yes. Yeah.
3: It's like Ed and when when she was doing the arm wailing thing in uh in that one episode, the, the train chase episode.
2: <laughs> I Ricky D from Best Flicks with Ricky D, maybe this was just me, but when Mayfa I think her sa- her name is Mayfa, when she says my dad was on his way to Jupiter I was pretty sure she was going to say that the reason for him having done that was to get more stupider. And then I was like, <laughs> no, I'm probably just a child on the inside. That's probably not what she's about to say. Did you have that immediate thing where you're like, oh, to get more stupider? Or were you like a grown-up No,
1: about it? I haven't okay. thought of that rhyme in over a decade. <laughs>
2: it, Come on. I mean, really?
3: That's it? Only a decade? I, I really feel like it's been a lot longer.
2: <laughs> I'm not saying... I'm not saying that I think about it all the time. I'm saying when she said that, it came right, rushing no. back to me.
1: <laughs> no, I don't have strong enough connections to that. I, I definitely yelled it at some girls on the playground when I was a kid. <laughs> like Stupid girls. Leave us alone. We're going to play basketball. We're going to play... Uh,
2: <laughs> you did not tetherball. play
1: basketball. Tetherball. Yeah. I was say, <laughs> tetherball.
2: I never played basketball. I was... I do not run well. I... It, <laughs> That's not a skill I possess.
1: In (laughs) third grade. Okay.
2: I probably ran until fifth grade. So Ricky D makes a valid point. Oh, look at that, folks. I was talking about her and she is here. Hello to Rosie in the live chat. She says, I am here. Had to find Wi-Fi and a place to be. I'm so happy that you found a place to be other than the forefront of our hearts at all times, Rosie. Rosie. We deeply appreciate you.
1: I'm hoping Rosie is in a a hotel room somewhere and she's got her computer hooked up to like a projector screen (laughs) in this big kind of uh, like just kind of viewing room and everybody has to deal with listening to us because she's got us hooked up to the projector in there. That
2: would be deeply disruptive for the other guests and most appreciated on our end. If I'm not mistaken, based on her cool Instagram photos, I think Rosie's at the hotel where they shot the TVA scenes from Loki. I'm oh, oh. I think that might be where dragon con is this year, you guys. Interesting. Um, but I, it's, yeah, it's just, just very cool. Anyways. Um, so Rosie, we just got into this episode. We're not very far into it all. We're actually still just talking about this email and how, um, we think Mayfa's dad is on his way to Jupiter We got a lot of really great, I mean, let me not bury the lead here. We got a lot of great Ed quotes in this episode, actually in this pair of episodes, but this one in particular. So I'm not going to start spitting them out now. I'm going to save those for later. The first question that I had, I'm going to direct it first to Josh and then to Ricky D. Josh, did you have trouble trusting this girl because of um, Yosaf Bridge PTSD?
3: Nope. Not even close. Not even a little bit. I didn't even think about that a little bit. I thought about how cool it was that she could see the Blues Brothers from so far away and that she <laughs> knew that they were about to get shot at. I was like, that's pretty badass. She could be a good asset for these guys. That's well, where like, I was.
2: She also could have just seen them because she had a different vantage point.
3: But. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. But, the, I mean, that whole scene was cool. And I loved the that whole opening graveyard shootout and... Just that whole thing. The music was great on that, so I I had no no PTSD at all. I was just <laughs> thoroughly enjoying it.
2: Excellent. I'm glad. Ricky D, were you having any trust issues with this character, or were you like same thing, you were immediately immersed and ready to go?
1: I was pretty much ready to go. The way she showed up right in the nick of time to pull him out of the way of the gunshots. She had this very trustworthy gypsy thing going on with her uh the scarf over her hair the way she was carrying, not the sunstone, but like the deciphering key or whatever it was, it made me think that she was there for good rather than to pull any pranks on anyone.
2: Very cool. I just, uh, I didn't want there to be any, for me, I didn't remember this episode. So as we're watching through, there are episodes where at some point I go, oh, I know exactly which episode this is. I remember all of the scenes that are about to unfold and the order they're going to unfold in. And then other episodes, I'm like, I don't know. The last time I saw this, I don't remember any of the plot points. And this was one of those for me. I just I didn't remember anything about it, so I was just a little bit on guard. Um I didn't hate her or anything. She was very cool, but I, I was a little on guard. Um <laughs> how about the very snazzy white suit that jet rocks when he is a cop? You yeah.
3: Yeah. I uh I really want to know more about Jets you know me. I see this kind like of stuff. More? These little nuggets. And I'm like, oh my god, give me a prequel series with just Jet, please. Oh jeez. Just his cop life, because he looks like he was a badass when he was a cop.
2: I mean he kinda still is, right? I mean he's he does well, yeah, a good job all the time.
1: <laughs> and he's got enough connections. He was probably fairly high ranking too. Oh, I he's
2: didn't got even think got connections on
1: all the different planets.
2: That's true. He could have been up there before he left. Uh, The intrepid DM in a live chat makes a wonderful point. Did Ricky do something with his microphone? He's sounding super smooth this week. Maybe I just missed his voice. Here's the thing, Roy. There's no way to tell which of those things is having a bigger effect on you because I'm sitting in the exact same boat over here. So there's nothing I can. Callie D says, Ricky, as a rule, does have a pretty smooth voice, but he is sounding... Mighty fine, and then Rosie immediately left turn. I really like the music in this episode. I don't think that that's what that was. I think it was just a timing thing for the comments. Rosie's on my level. (laughs) Yeah, everybody's like, we love this crew, and Rosie's like, but seriously though, cowboy bebop. And I know that that's not what you're doing, Rosie. I just I love you, and we actually need help staying on topic. In case I mean, everybody here knows that. You guys know that. We don't need to remind you. So. Speaking of sudden left turns, though, this episode really takes kind of a sudden left turn into some heavy, wacky sci fi stuff, right? Like, yes. Yes. Kind of in the middle, or I guess maybe a third of the way through. Okay. Like, just, okay, now there's some magic. We get this. I love the explanation for the moon rock. Josh, how did you, or sorry, the sunstone? Josh, how did you feel about the sunstone? Dude, well, I, I,
3: I, there, there was the three cheese, too, that kind of connected with that as well, I feel yeah. like. So the I The three like cheese that, pizza. No, oh, my God. You know what, yeah. I'm, you know what I'm saying.
1: <laughs> it was like the earth, the sky, and Pepperoni. human magnetism. Yeah, or, yeah. Sun, uh, earth, I and guess.
3: <sighs> magnets. I should have said Gorgonzola. Damn oh it. Oh, my God. <laughs> but, But that kind of, like, you know, explained, oh, I don't know. The mysticism of this episode you know there, right. there was a lot of a lot of things like that i mean first of all they straight said um you've been quested at, at one point in this <laughs> very
2: which... closely he said <laughs> especially if you're on a quest okay i'm sorry yes I...
3: well yeah i heard you're on a quest so <laughs> like <laughs> i was like oh man so they're on the on a quest to find the sunstone which is going to do something awesome at the end. And I mean it it used pretty much everything, right? It
2: So it, you I would imagine you were going, "Oh, that episode of The Mandalorian is the same plot as this but with Star Wars characters." <laughs> where they take Kinda. Grogu to the Seeing Rock, they sit him on it, some magic happens, like No, uh, I mean and there's mystical forces at work throughout the universe. Eh. Well, but uh, it's not but, a bad
3: thing. But I, like I was saying with the three cheese that they talked about, three cheese pizza <laughs> they talked about. <laughs> Stop it. Um this this sunstone reacted with the map, right? So it reacted mm-hmm. with the map to use magnetism to show them where to go. They found it on the earth and then they blew it up later in the episode to create a crazy sun-looking thing. So the description of those three cheese was kind of a metaphor for <laughs> what that sunstone would do, which I, yeah. I really I really liked that.
2: And and the it, it's an excellent point and I apologize for my childlike enjoyment <laughs> of the phrasing that you're using. Um
3: It's hard. It's hard to not say three cheese. I'm sorry.
2: And the the alignment of those three cheese that she is speaking of, right? And then later on, they align it, and they do. And it's just—and it's another opportunity specifically for Spike to continue to be Han Solo-level cool or cooler at any given moment. Okay, I'm shooting a rock now. Like, he— that's right. how Han Solo would react. He'd be like, what, why are we doing this? Like, Look, Jesse's
3: doing all the Star Wars references
2: today. I'm trying to be generous. I know, that, <laughs> I know that as the captain of this here boat, it's my job to make sure everybody gets to where they're going. <laughs> so,
1: uh, go ahead. You were also, a little bit earlier, you were talking about uh, where the Sunstone came from. Yeah. And I really liked the lore, because it, yeah. it was formed when the gate exploded. And it's it, like, crystallized 50 times the energy of the sun or something into this small stone. And that's where all this energy is going to come from. And that energy is going to act with all of Josh's cheeses. Yeah. And, uh, and that's how all of this magic is going to work. So, yeah, it was really cool the way the capturing of the sunstone happened at the moment where the gate exploded. Yeah.
2: And that... That's one of my favorite details. We talk a lot about the small world building, right? One of my favorite details, and we keep getting it, little pieces of it, is this gate accident. And it's just, we don't need to see it, right? We've seen all the fallout from it at this point. We've seen the kid in uh, Sympathy for the Devil. We know that Faye got frozen. We know there's this rock. Like We know why there are gates only in the local solar system. It's like... They are doing so much with this much backstory and, I, you know, to that point, a photo of Jet. And we're all like, okay, I got to get more from Jet, right? So I'm, I'm kind of wondering if with the, with the live action series, if they will sort of follow the basic arc that's already here but then supplement it with more flashback episodes or further backstory in some ways or, you know, additional character backstory, that kind of a thing. I could definitely see that happening.
3: Do we know how they're splitting this up? Cuz it's going to be more I than don't. one season, I believe.
2: Correct. It is, and I don't. I have no idea how they're splitting it up. Mm. But I don't know. If you have a if if anybody in the live chat or if anybody on the crew would like to uh, grasp at straws. I don't know how much information there is out there about that currently, but um so we can't talk about this episode. I guess I'll give like a very small content warning here. There is a platonic relationship between a minor and an adult in this episode, but it is played for a lot of really uncomfortable laughs for the entire time. So if that's the kind of thing that makes you uncomfortable, go ahead and skip to 2449 or about 130 seconds. But uh, even the if you guys watched the uh, preview from the episode prior for this episode, it's everybody commenting on the situation except Jet. So it's, it's, it's Faye going, oh, that girl's a little young. That's kind of creepy. And then Spike <laughs> goes, um, Jet wouldn't do that. That's probably not what's going on, but she is really young. <laughs> and then Ed makes a comment and then Jet's like, hey, what are we, tra- oh, I didn't get to say anything in the preview. And then the preview ends. Mm. So
1: it's, I don't watch those
3: previews for whatever. I know. Reason. Oh man, I, just, I don't watch.
1: It. I started watching them about halfway through the series. Yeah, and it's always great.
2: Yeah, and I and I appreciate why you don't, Josh, because I know that it's a lot of shows that have previews give you just enough to be kind of spoiling the whole plot, right? So I know that that's part of why you avoid it, and I I totally get that. But in this one instance, it ties directly into that because it sets the tone for this whole episode of everybody being a little bit creeped out that jet is hanging out with this little kid now this this kid is clearly a little older than ed right so if if ed is 13 let's say this girl is what 19 maybe yeah i don't remember if they actually noted her age we'd have to but we'd have
3: to go do some like crazy research because you could kind <laughs> of figure it out because he in the photograph jet is standing with her dad and she's in the photograph
2: well, and he says I'm not old enough to be your dad, but I'm old enough to be your brother, your older brother. He says so, boyfriend
3: first and then he's like,
2: "Oh.
0: oh
3: right.
2: No. <laughs> he's like that's not <laughs> what I should have said." Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I but but yeah, I and the guy would have was supposedly 50 when he died, right? So and he supposedly faked his death like 3 days prior to this episode, so
1: Yeah, I don't
2: the point is, they make fun of him a lot in this episode for it, and he definitely feels a little uncomfortable because he feels so protective of her in the, like, you know, uh, adult protecting a minor role, which he's clearly in. There is no funny business going on whatsoever. He tells Spike and Faye, hey, you guys can't smoke in here. Yeah. Like,
3: and they're like, what? <laughs> you spend there here both- all the time.
2: They're both leaning into the girl's face with right? their cigarettes. As she's <laughs> coughing. <laughs> yeah. That, that, was that a little really,
3: much really reminded me of back in like the mid nineties when you'd go <laughs> anywhere in like a bar Literally or a restaurant and there's just people smoking constantly and like Yeah. And and if your parents were social then the people in the booth behind you would put their arm up with the with the cigarette mm. there to like turn around and talk to you and <sighs> That's probably why I smoke now because I was <laughs> a child of the '90s. <laughs>
2: I f- I feel like there's smoke in the air in my room now. We gotta we gotta move past this. Is weird.
3: <laughs> Dude, I'm so curious uh, as to what they're gonna do in the live action with the cigarettes, because it yeah. is so predominant in this show. This episode, like, there's a whole scene <laughs> in this episode yeah. about it. You know.
2: Well, even in the promotional photo of John Cho, where he's like all lit in blue and he's wearing the outfit and he looks great. His right hand is like in a position that looks like he's holding a cigarette, but he's not. Like there's nothing in his hand, but it looks like there should be a cigarette there the way he's holding his hand. I wonder if they're editing that for promo purposes. Cause I, I wondered. Don't... I immediately was like, did they shoot a bunch with cigarettes? And then they were like, oh, we should digitally remove all that. <laughs> like, a, I,
3: think it's... I think there's something with the MPAA that doesn't allow you to promote cigarettes or drinking or stuff like that
2: well there's there's rating ratings issues but there it's also probably a
3: what's advertiser the
2: for? yeah an advertising issue because ad, a lot of advertisers are probably saying we won't advertise on a program that has smoking like because right. you can't run commercials for smoking Right. right, but so it, I guess it could probably be something like that.
3: Yeah, because the girl in Stranger Things, whatever her name is, the chick that steals the purses in real life. God, what's her name? Winona. Na- Natalie? Oh.
1: Oh, Winona Ryder. Winona Ryder. Yeah, yeah, she, yeah. She
3: smokes a lot in Stranger Things. Just so like, does Hopper. Constantly. So,
2: But they've been I, talking I... about um, uh, winding that down as the <laughs> series goes on, I believe.
3: Come on, man. We're all adults here. Um, i did kind of figure out her age though okay she she grew up with her parents in the early 2060s so i believe um she was probably born in the late 50s and then in 2064 her mother left her father and took her with her so if she was born in say 60 then and she'd be eleven. Eleven. Nice. She'd be she'd be <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> she'd be between eleven and
2: fourteen, I would say. Thank you for doing the math on that, Josh. I appreciate that. So yeah, thank uh, you, Josh. So yes, she is of an age with Ed, which is uh, all the more reassuring that uh Jet is nothing but proper and uh there is nothing shady happening which i deeply appreciate well ed was
3: ed wasn't didn't make it any any like easier on them after she <laughs> brings in those peeps by the way peeps in 2071 they have peeps did you
1: see that they were probably manufactured in 2007 right <laughs> well, I'm, I'm sure they'll still that good
2: <laughs> those those peeps are actually left over from the gate explosion and that's what <laughs> she was going to <laughs> use if the sunstone didn't work because the peeps also absorbed all that cosmic energy <laughs> And were contained. I mean I, I assume that would work. Like
3: <laughs> Anyway, there's peeps and Cowboy Bebop and I think Cowboy <laughs> Peep Pop? Peep
2: pop? Cowboy Peep Pop and there's Peep and there's uh email. And there's, there's email. Yep. Yep. This show is surprisingly realistic.
3: Yeah. <laughs> um, but anyway, after she brings in the peeps, there's uh she just like leans in on on Gosh, I can't remember her name now. Mai M- Yeah. Ma. Um, Mifa. Mugato. But she just leans in and goes, Are you Jet's girlfriend? Hmm. <laughs> well,
2: right. and he's wearing the daddest outfit that we have ever seen him wear. Yeah. Like this is Jet in uncool mode for the first time ever. Like very uncool. Yeah. That you don't tuck your shirt into your shorts, man. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> Callie had to Google what peeps are,
3: (laughs) but she loves marshmallows, which is great. They are delicious, and uh, if you leave them out overnight, they become rocks.
2: (laughs) I don't know if delicious is the word I would use. They're an experience is the word I would use. They're delicious. (laughs) They are intense. (laughs) Uh,
1: Uh, uh, They're delicious if you also like candy corn. Okay, kind of delicious. Fully
2: agree with Ricky D from Best. I love candy corn. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Me and Ricky D fully agree. I'm already seeing Halloween
3: candy, and I'm so excited about it because just gonna bag the candy corn. And you know why it's awesome? Because nobody else likes it.
2: (laughs) Josh has the Halloween candy scarcity supply problem solved. Nobody's asking me for
3: candy corn. I tell you that much right now.
1: The only houses I went to as a kid that handed out candy corn, they would just give you a big, crusty handful. Like, it wasn't bagged up or anything. They'd just grab a handful out, throw it, and it all, like, work its way down to the yep. bottom of your bag of candy. It, yep. was,
2: it was whatever they had left over from last year's bowl of yep. candy corn. Yep. <laughs> it does, it's sealed in wax. It doesn't go bad. Like, <laughs> I
3: loved it. Just there are it. no ingredients mm. to it.
2: Rosie also loves candy corn, which I forgive her because she used to have no choice. Josh, I don't know what your problem is. Now, back to I like Cowboy Bebop. <laughs> <laughs> because I, I feel like I may have overextended myself in a Star Trek sort of way last week, I will simply say there are some really cool sci-fi stuff happening on the Bebop this week, as we had talked about before. So where they're in the hyperspace tunnel and they set off this sunstone explosion where, okay, we have a captain of the ship moment. Like we've all known that Jet is a captain of the ship, right? I love this. But this is kind of the first moment where he has given an order or one of the few moments where he has given an order. And much like in Firefly, the crew immediately is like, eh. (laughs) And, Much like in Firefly, they're told battle stations or die are your options. So, up to you. And, of course, they go out and they save the day. I I love that we get these constant, just, anytime Spike gets into the swordfish, I'm like, all right, I feel better. Like, I'm fine. But if if Faye is in close proximity in the red tail, I'm always a little nervous. (laughs) Like, if it's just Spike, we're fine. If they're both out there, something could go wrong. I did really appreciate that even... Fifty years from now, Spike was surprised by the robot ships, right? But those drone designs are not far off of the drone designs that are actually being used today. Like, right? That was kind of impressive.
3: Um, yeah, there was a there was a drone at the concert this last Tuesday, and that's exactly what those little robots reminded me of—a mixture of drones and the uh, was it? I think they're called um, Vulture Droids in Star Wars Episode Three that send off the tiny little ship-eating droids that let, you know, and they're like picking things apart. But this is, I, I kind of thought that's what they were going to do.
2: Um, oh, yeah. I, I was fully expecting like a open up into grab-on and attack mode sort yeah. of a thing. Yeah. Um, but high sci-fi weirdness by giving us a seemingly stationary hole in the wall of the hyperspace tunnel, which... I suppose makes sense, right? Because if the hyperspace tunnel exists between two points, then in theory you should be able to be in hyperspace but not moving, right? So uh, hyperspace isn't a product of speed. It's a product of uh, converting your matter into not real matter so that it can't interact with the physical forces of the universe, right? Which in theory should mean you can stop while you're in there. Because that kind of appears to be what they do because the whole time the tunnel is still moving and they're just in one spot and they have this, you know, uh, portal off the the side of the ship. I, I love a good sci-fi choppy video call just piled with emotions through some kind of spatial anomaly. Is that just me or were you guys really digging that scene?
1: Uh, it definitely hit me. I was sitting there... You know, it's just this really touching story of this girl who lost her father and doesn't know what to think of him or what he thinks of her, and it's just it was this really nice climax where even though it was choppy, even though they didn't get to really connect, uh, all of those feelings were forgiven, and they finally got to have this little connection with her father even after he thought she thought he was dead. Uh, I was definitely hit by that moment.
2: Yeah, and to Josh's point about the. The three cheese mix, it would be, you know, her father could be the cheese of heaven. Jet would definitely be the cheese of earth, right? His salt of the earth, hardworking guy. And then she would be the cheese of the living thing. And, you know, with the three of them, you get just the cheesiest pizza there is. The cheesiest space pizza? It's I just, this whole episode is going to be about cheese. (laughs) Like... Which is great because there is some cheesy stuff in the next episode, you guys. I think we can do this. Perfect. So we, but here is the thing that I appreciated about this scene. To Ricky D's point, I, having not remembered this, I was really worried we were going to get what I am just going to call fireflied, where she would be like, "Okay, I figured out what I want to say to my dad," and then he would die, or like the the portal would close and she wouldn't get a chance to say it, right? Right. But the level of honesty that she brought to that was really, I think what was hitting me right she just said i hated you and like man like i my daughter is not at the level of talking yet where she can like form a concept that advanced and deliver it to me but if she said that to me i would probably die so like i'm like i immediately was like oh god this guy that is rough and then she says you know i i don't anymore which is Sometimes the closest we get to an I love you is I don't hate you.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah, and I think she did up until Jet actually explained to her what was happening because she was like, what was my dad? I never actually figured out what he really was. And he's like, oh, he was probably protecting you by doing what he did and keeping you away from everything because, you know, he might not have lived the best of lives. Yeah. And so I think once she realized that, that... You know, she, cause she's been, hey, Sinisera, how are you? Who wants to get funky? <laughs> um, but once, once she realized that it wasn't just because he wanted to disappear or fake his own death, you know, she, yeah. she was like, okay, I, I can understand now.
2: Yeah. Well, and she, beyond that, I think hearing the second explanation that Chet gave, because her dad goes, yeah, this is all how I planned it out. This is exactly what I wanted to happen. And Jeth goes, "So you think you exerted your will on us through feng shui?" And mm-hmm. the dad's like, "Yep, totally what happened." And Jek goes, "No, not what happened at all. Your yeah. daughter just moved heaven and earth to come find you. She's the only reason you get this little chat before the end." Right. And then the dad is like, "Oh wow, you know, like." And so there you have that alignment of the three cheese, like you were saying. Um, Sinicera is one of our most ardent supporters and he has just joined the live chat. It was he who asked who wants to get funky. And I have a very um, troubling confession to make. Last week, I was supposed to put the link to Sinicera's shop in our show notes and I deeply failed to do that. So what I'm going to do to make up for that is I'm going to put the link to Sinicera's shop in the rest of our episodes for this season because nice. I feel bad. So, uh, hopefully problem solved. And don't forget to go use that code TWIST for 10% off merchandise at Sinisteria's shop.
3: Also, Phil's hanging out in here somewhere, too. So, hello, Phil. Hello,
2: somewhere Phil. I love up, somewhere Phil? Phil. He's my favorite. Well, they're all my favorite, but... <laughs> He's the best. Well, and Phil and favorite has good alliteration, so I, I couldn't help myself. There he there is. There he is. Yeah, if you guys...
3: If you guys don't want to interact or don't say any, like, don't want to talk on the actual stream, just throw a like on here and we can say hello.
2: Oh, yeah. We we can
3: see who likes these. Can't (laughs) see who's actually watching, but I can see who likes. Look, there's Ricky. Hello,
2: Ricky. (laughs) Hey, Ricky D from Best Flicks
1: with Ricky D. (laughs) I'm Uh. watching us.
2: (laughs) Amazing. That's funny, because if I'm not mistaken, I have several recorded instances of Ricky D from Best Flix with Ricky D saying, I wouldn't watch us. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, we've converted oh, you. <laughs>
2: no, I think it was, I wouldn't wake up to watch us. I think that's what he said. Oh, yeah. yeah,
1: it sounds like me. Yeah. And honestly,
2: I mean, that's, that's fair. I, there's most things I would not wake up to do, personally. Um, I... I feel as though I should ask Josh and Ricky D from Best Flicks with Ricky D, do you guys feel like I've steamrolled past anything that you wanted to talk about from this first episode yet?
3: Uh, yes. Uh, go go ahead. ahead. Oh, sorry. I, I just wanted to talk about that brutal neck snap.
1: Yes, that's what I was thinking too. Like <laughs> Using his robo arm. <laughs> yeah.
3: And just like, he's like, I'm not going to kill you. And then he's like, no, nah, I'm going to kill you. And then those kids, they run up and they're like, oh, look at
2: these sunglasses. Look at this watch. <laughs> yeah. I love that the first sound you hear after the next stab, the next snap is, ha, check out these sunglasses. Like, because <laughs> yeah. they were jerks to the kids. It's yeah. like, you, blues. even if the Blues Brothers are jerks to kids, there's going to be consequences to that. So I appreciated that they kept that going. Um, and yeah. I... I don't actually know how um, I missed that whole Blues Brothers thing. Like, that's pretty blatant. Once you said that, I was like, oh, I'm an idiot. Because <laughs> it's two guys with the hats and the sunglasses. They drive around in a black car together. They're smoking cigarettes. Like, they work for the Blue Serpent Syndicate. Yeah, I'm... I'm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Phil points out that seeing Jet's combat ability again is awesome and kind of terrifying. I fully agree. And he actually literally squeezes somebody for information like
3: yeah that's great to rosie kylie is just on an off day she's off for labor day doing family things and stuff so it's just uh just the three
2: amigos tonight throwing it back to quest me season one Uh, Callie asks, I was thinking, or says, I was thinking of that, too, and how the girl was just super okay with uh, Jet killing that guy. Like, she didn't say anything. Well, they were shooting at her, too. uh, That's what I was going to say, is she she had been shot at, and she knew that they were either involved with her dad's disappearance or death, or had maybe assumed that. So, from her perspective... Jet did nothing but protect her and get more information on her dad. And as far as she can tell, these guys are just bad guys. And I mean, I'm inclined to, to agree with her. So we see this girl repeatedly be wise beyond her years, right? She's very mature for her age, which is probably where jet ran into the uncomfortable nature of their relationship right because he's like oh i can just talk to her and then everybody's like look at him he's just talking to her and they're like oh okay that's weird (laughs) like right and as soon as i do i did really love that as soon as he turned around and saw that everybody was watching even spike like kind of perked up and pretended to be walking away like he wasn't watching was like okay all right i can dig that everybody's you know i can dig that um Ricky, you said that the thing that you had planned to bring up was also the casual killing of a blues brother, correct?
1: Yep. I just wanted to make sure we didn't skip past the part where Jet's using his super strong robo arm to just crush a guy's windpipe.
2: Yeah, he like he he fights him for one second, and then it's almost like he makes a decision, like, I don't have time for this. Like, okay. I'm just going to put him in the robot arm, and then I can... It's, like, almost independent of himself. Like, once it's locked, he can just kind of do
1: whatever he wants independently while that thing holds onto that guy. God, could you imagine, <laughs> like, a middle school bully with a robo-arm that just uh, locks up your head and just carries you with him every to every class he goes to? Uh, that would be the I, worst. I can, but, yeah. That
2: would be... But you would have great access to said person's ribs at that point. So, um. If there's nothing else that you guys feel like we have to cover from this first episode, then I think we may toss it back over to Josh to give the synopsis for our second session of the week. Yeah, you know, stall. (laughs) (laughs) Now, of course, the second session of this week is session 22, Cowboy Funk, which, as soon as I saw the title as I was scrolling through to watch, I went, that's basically the same title as Cowboy Bebop, and then as soon as the episode started, I remembered why that was basically the same title as Cowboy Bebop, just a little bit different. So, Josh, my friend, go ahead with the synopsis, please.
3: All right. Yeah, this this one was
2: awesome. I really,
3: really enjoyed this episode. Uh, Spike's attempts to apprehend the infamous teddy bear bomber are madding, maddeningly derailed by a mysterious and
2: clueless cowboy. Since Philip is here, I can finally say this now. I had a momentary Evangelion flashback in the opening shot of this episode, then immediately remembered the entire episode when Andy's name was mentioned. The funny part for me is that Andy is sort of the least
1: heroic name I could possibly think of uh randy maybe but that's pretty much the same thing
2: yeah it's yeah um i would like to say hello to valerie in the live chat she is in california listening with one ear she's got her family and they are all hanging out for a smoke i am so happy to have you all in the chat with us thank you for being here randy andy keith uh glenn todd. um kevin. todd kevin kevin what are some non-heroic names? Live chat, throw some non-heroic first names into the live chat for us. Now Josh. we did eventually. <laughs> Do you know? Actually, what? I recently heard that there is some school of thought that the the name Jesus may have been mistranslated. Yeah, translated. Josh
1: to Joshua to Jesua. Yeah, and it mm-hmm. actually is closer to
2: Joshua than it is to Jesus. But yeah, you know, well, so maybe, 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 right. maybe Clyde. Phil Clyde. threw Clyde into the chat. That's a great pick, Phil. That is a very good non-heroic name. I think, what about Kyle? I'm pretty sure Kyle Kyle. Is very non-heroic. 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 If it's a woman named Kyle, then I think that's a hero character. Sure. Um, what about Kyle? No, come on. That's that's low-hanging fruit. So we do eventually get Andy's full name, right? Andy vane Onyapde or something along those lines. Which I did not catch that. Sounds yeah. a little better, but his name is still Andy. That's that's not very cool. Um, we call them the Undies. Do you know why we call them that? So I, I had this moment when he shows up where he goes, once I profiled your criminal mind, I knew exactly where you would be. And the TV show Criminal Minds is about FBI profilers. So I immediately started thinking was that language already like in use by the media around 1998. Like maybe that was, um, about the time that profiling became big or the FBI started selling uh, criminal profiling as big. Phil, you continue to be the most absorbent sponge of resources in the world. And I can't tell you how much that means to me.
3: I wanted to say something really quick. And this I mean, it's, not the funnest thing to talk about but this episode um for a fun fact we didn't i didn't get to give a fun fact but this episode was actually pulled from broadcast in the united states shortly after the september 11th attacks attacks Mm -hmm. um and it was partly because of what the teddy bear bomber was doing in this episode with bombing skyscrapers and that kind of stuff it was
2: the tallest buildings he could find that he specifically mm-hmm. wanted to use as symbols of financial corruption mm-hmm. etc and the first building is that that building with um the two towers and it has like that bridge atrium yeah, like elevator bridge piece. kind of thing yeah i couldn't really tell what that was but um but yeah i could definitely see that happening um it it is sold for laughs though until we get that explanation right where it's just like to Phil's point this guy just hates tall buildings like right. for a minute it seems like that's just a weird quirk that he has right now you know uh, tragedy aside of course episode co- context contextual to the episode specifically this episode is a ton of fun like mm. it's it's almost a breakdown of the whole show up to this point like this this moment of spike going hey i know you're the teddy bear bomber and him going yeah and you're spike spiegel we're like oh cool like that never that never happened to the firefly crew you know nobody was ever like oh "Oh, malcolm reynolds we better run you know so it's like oh cool he's got this this reputation now um it's either spike or andy Right, so as a narcissist, I can honestly say I fully understand where Spike is coming from. Um, knowing that people think that he and Andy are equals, but like knowing in his soul that they're not, like even if the the results of their work are for some reason perceived to be the same, Spike knows in his heart that they're not the same and that he's actually putting in the effort, like and that this dude is a pretender, and I fully understand the frustration that Spike is going through here and that's probably a personal failing on my part, but I just wanted to watch the episode from an honest place, so I felt like I should probably share that with you guys up front.
3: Well, uh, I lost it. I had something, and I totally lost it. I'm sorry. It's okay.
1: Well, on top of the idea that the guy that was bombing all the tall buildings, he was trying to take down capitalism, Cowboy Andy is also a lampooning of the great American cowboy myth.
2: Yes, oh. and you could definitely draw parallels there too to the tendency to police the world.
1: Mm-hmm. A I was Team thinking America, Team America, world America, police. Yeah, exactly. The entire time, no <laughs> yeah. question.
2: And he, and he's like the stereotypical bumbling, overenthusiastic American, right? I I bought all the clothes. I clearly fit the role now. I even purchased a horse. Who, <laughs> by the way, who rides the rides an elevator. Like, it's nobody's business. Like, Imagine
3: all the horse poo in that elevator.
2: That was one of my favorite shots in this entire episode is there's like this huge, giant battle with this crumbling building and people are grasping for their lives by mere inches and holding on with a lucky lasso over a piece of falling debris. And yeah. then you hear, ding, and a horse walks out of the elevator. Yeah.
3: <laughs> oh, that guy Kay. was such a douche from the beginning. I think, what what is in my notes here? The douchiest
2: of douchers that we've ever seen. Phil says the horse is smarter than Andy. (laughs) I have to ask you guys. Yes. If Faye is the inspiration for Leela from Futurama, Andy is pretty clearly Zap Brannigan. Right? (laughs) Okay. Even kind of sounds like him. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I know you're the teddy bear bomber. Don't even try to get away. Like... (laughs) I'm, it was the same character, you guys. I pretty love sure, that. I'm pretty sure he
3: uh, he whistles his own theme music too. Oh,
2: so, like, I'm almost I positive did, that he whistles. I did want to music. intro this week with that theme song, but oh. I couldn't quite get the whistle to hit the microphone in a way that wasn't just like murderous to people's eardrums. So, I I I didn't touch it. Gif, it's velour. <laughs>
1: The most sensual fabric. Tell oh, them about man. my
2: very sexy disability, Kiff.
1: <sighs> Sex Lexia.
2: <laughs> Ricky D has heavy Kiff energy. Is that just me? Does anybody else <laughs> feel heavy Kiff energy from Ricky D from Best Flicks with Ricky D? I love you for it.
1: <laughs> Definitely.
3: I love that that at first you see when you first see Andy, you're like, oh, he's so dreamy, and then five seconds later, you're like, and so hey, he's stupid. <laughs> 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 that's that's exactly how how my notes went ah he's so dreamy yeah. and so <laughs> stupid
2: <laughs> and jet and Faye give him no end of grief like right. he's telling them what happened and they're like man and then jet goes yeah you had me till you said he was a cowboy if maybe you had <laughs> said he was a samurai i might have believed that like it's just not original dude like yeah. Like, this is great. I Spike love that we have so a high, yeah, because he's the best there is on the ship. Yeah. And they're like, yeah, sure, dude, you got beat by a guy wearing white chaps riding an actual horse. That's definitely what happened. Like, <laughs> I, and to be fair, like, you can't blame them, right? And the just the the freaking pacing of the funny things in this episode, right? The next thing we hear is Ed go, oh, he's from the YMCA. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's a Christian? <laughs> The
3: Young Men's Cowboy Association? Yeah. Cowboy! <laughs> no, he's a cowboy. Oh, yeah, man, it, I felt like this episode was was really an ego booster for Spike. Like, the whole time. Because cause by the end of it, he's just, just yeah. hanging out in his chair, just all satisfied with himself.
2: Oh, again, as a narcissist, it's because he was proven right. He was well, like, see? Even that guy <laughs> right. admits that I am the man and he is a total pretender. But like, I just feel like he
3: this he this episode needed to happen to like
2: boost his spirits <laughs> again or something, you yeah. know? Yeah. I and I and it's it would totally work. I can speak from that angle one last time and say that would totally work. If that yeah. ever happened, I would be like thank you. Like, just, you know, just impossibly <laughs> grateful. And it, it just like he Anyways, we have this scene where they're learning about him. I didn't time it, but I did write down, how long has Faye been leaning into the camera in this shot? Like, she was, I mean, that was possibly the most extended lean into the camera that Faye had. Um, Maybe not, but it felt like it was a while. Uh, I do kind of wish that this is just what Jet's hair looked like, though, when they show up (laughs) and he's got the the purple (laughs) wig on and the shirt with the pot leaf on it.
1: In the uh, in the scene before that, did you see Ayn running around with that wig on? Yes, <laughs> he's that just kind of sh- running through the corners a little bit. Yes, and you're
2: like, why is this happening? <laughs> like...
3: <laughs> I I thought that was incredible. I had to write that in my notes. I was like, hold up, Ayn is wearing a wig. Awesome, because he looked great too. You know, it, it
1: was like we all know. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, you're good. But we all know Ayn put that wig himself on himself, right? Absolutely. He found it, he decided to wear it and he put it on. So Ed didn't mine. do that. Spike didn't do that. Ayn yep. right. did that.
3: He's like, I look I look pretty pretty good in this wig here. I should I should keep wearing this. Um <laughs> I wanted to, to point out too about the villain in this, the Teddy Teddy Bear bomber. Um I love how all the villains in the show are just straight from Batman. Like, like they they all could be a D rated Batman villain from like the <laughs> 1972 comics that nobody ever read. You know? Yep. This guy's got the watch that he and it's just like I love the scene where he pulls up. He's like, "Oh, you thought there was only one bomb?" <laughs> pulls up his. You know, you want to buy some watches? It kind of gave me one of those <laughs> feels where he's opening up his vest to show all the watches he's got for sale. And it, it just, all of these remind me of such comic booky villains. You know, just cheesy. But also, they have a message. Which, by the way, he never got to say in this. Because Spike to and him. Andy were just going at it the whole time. To- yeah. like. He'd be like, you guys want to know why I'm doing this? And Spike would be like, you know what, Andy?
2: You're an ass. <laughs> well, and he he did get to say it, but he only got to tell it to like the
1: random yeah. cop the taking cop. him to jail. Th- like, the one guy in the back of the paddy wagon with him. And he yeah. put his
2: hand on his shoulder like, all right, crazy guy, whatever. <laughs> like,
1: yeah. But uh, also, it seemed like the crazy guy that's blowing up buildings kind of became the B story compared to the Andy-Spike <laughs> yeah. like, rivalry. There's somebody yeah. blowing up government buildings, so, and it's the secondary story.
2: To that point, if you watch the episode, it, like watch it again, it's actually kind of told from his perspective, because yeah. he's the first character that we see. The first thing we see is the, the building and then the teddy bear, and then he's just walking away. He's so full of himself. We got a whole scene of him just riding down the escalator. Then Spike shows up. Then we get little pieces of his story, but we stop paying attention to him. So the episode is sort of from that dude's perspective, like masterfully yeah. executed, of course. But I mean, just I, I love the it's 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 an ego trip all the way through, right? For both of the guys, it, it's because they to, to that point they collar this spike basically collars this guy in the first uh two minutes of this episode, which again, with very quick collars that don't actually end. But they got him almost right away, and he would have been done had he not, actually had he not stopped to say, oh, you know who I am? He could have just bagged and tagged that guy and got out of there. But since Mm -hmm. he stopped to go, oh, you know who I am? He had a moment of ego, and then an even bigger ego walked through the door, well, rode through the door on a horse. I'm sorry, I have the biggest, dumbest grin on my face when this dude... Tears out of an elevator on a horse. <laughs> like when they do, when they take off from the party and he's chasing after the car on the horse with Faye. I'm just like, I am having the dumbest fun right now. I love this TV <laughs> show. They're chasing a car in space on a horse. Like my face already hurts from smiling. You guys, I'm gonna have to like do facial stretches while you guys talk a little bit or something. I was just
3: kind of waiting for the horse to, to go on a spaceship at some point so I could make another Star Wars reference about Episode Nine and horses on ships in he space. He did.
2: He went on the yacht, and Faye was even unimpressed by the horse on the yacht, which I assume was also a spaceship, much like the Bebop. Okay. Like, okay. Yeah.
3: Yeah, that that guy was just such a... He had his own soup that... <laughs> Which I I love, I love that Spike wouldn't eat it until the final battle between them, like, and then he just chowing it down. But like, what what did they what did he call it? I have that written in my notes. Um, son of a gun soup. That's what son it is. Son of a gun.
2: Yep. And, and he's holding a pistol, and <laughs> and the logo is his face. Like, <laughs> we should make our own soup. I actually was just <laughs> gonna say if we made our own soup would do people in the live chat buy it like <laughs> it wouldn't be it, uh, let me clarify we're not going to make soup like cuz we can't do that we would buy soup and then take the label off of it and repackage it <laughs> have i just committed scam have i just ex- yes. like yes. explained a a plan to commit a scam
1: <laughs> there's something about twist my arm soup that is very unappetizing <laughs> or Sudden but inevitable soup.
2: I think sudden but (laughs) inevitable soup is like a challenge. Like, you see that on the label, you're like, I don't know what that is, but
1: I think I can handle it. (laughs) Dried something that you just add water to, right? Sudden
2: but inevitable soup. Just add water.
1: Yeah.
2: Now it's suddenly soup. Uh, Phil Kay says the secret ingredient is
1: gun. Gun.
2: So we could put that on the label. I don't know if we could sell it uh, as actual food. Maybe we'd have put a novelty label on it. I think we could get away with it, you guys. We'll look into that. We're very new to the whole. We could just make thing. soup for Christmas.
3: I could make soup and send it off in little jars.
2: <laughs> See, there you go. We're we're not <laughs> veterans um, of this yet, but we do have a store that you can visit by going to twistmyarmpodcast.com dot com and clicking on the store tab. <laughs> Phil and his references. I can't. This. It's like, it's like. There's two shows happening. There's one show where I'm having a talk with you guys, and then there's like this subliminal show that nobody else hears but oh man i love you phil careful it's soup. i loved him first <laughs> i had i never said Jeez. i loved him before you did wow he does that Told ricky, ricky d. he did that with yeah. roy
3: too don't worry i well, totally jacked roy for me so
2: ricky d can be emotional as we discovered last week so let's just move along i like jet's purple hair i love his pot leaf t-shirt and i love Oh, his... hold up
3: we can't move away from this what is dinosaur
2: flavor callie what dinosaur flavor like uh washes dinosaurs sudden but inevitable curse your sudden but inevitable betrayal
3: no but what would dinosaurs taste like would it have to oh. be chicken
2: yeah because dinosaurs became chickens
3: okay i just th- i that threw me off dinosaur flavor like ah
2: i don't know how much i, just... I want to eat a t-rex I was totally with you, Callie D., and I disagree with Josh. It was a good joke. Uh, <laughs> Phil says, it's true. Ricky D. from Best Flicks with Ricky D. is my one true podcast love. There you have it, folks. It is official. Mm-hmm. So if you could just boot Phil from the chat, that would be great. So the <laughs> next thing that I had was <laughs> Spike immediately knows that this guy is all flash and no skill. And that's clearly what bugs it bugs him about Andy, right? Now, Andy may be all style. But the style sure is stylish, right? Like, I mean, despite the fact that we know that this guy is all Flash, he's a pretty good Flash. He, he plays the part well, even though we know he's just playing a part. Because he's convinced a lot of people that aren't Spike, which means people that aren't professionals don't know. So that's at least some kind of impressive, I would think. And how many people outside of Spike and the Terminator... Can one-handed spin rack a shotgun-sized rocket launcher while riding on a horse through a future space town? Like, that was cool. Say whatever you want about Andy. That was cool.
3: Yeah, I actually wanted to bring that up because it's not any of our shots of the show, but, like, the actual shot of that is incredible. Where he's, like, looking through... His hands and like getting that shotgun ready, and it's just that's one of the coolest shots. I'm amazed that nobody picked this shot for their shot of the show. So I, I had to save it on the back burner for when we brought it up.
2: <laughs> so a lot of times, I think what happens is that we all see a shot that we love and assume that everyone else will choose it, yeah. so we let it go. <laughs> <That makes laughs> and I know sense. that that's happened to us before, and I know it's happened to us with the quotes too. Um I picked. I think, three shots this week, just in case. And I didn't write that one down for that reason. And then one of the ones that Ricky put in the chat as his choice was one of my backups. So I was like, I'm really glad that I picked more than one this week. So Nice. um, Roy, Josh was simply referring to the fact that I now love you more than he does, which isn't necessarily a quantifiable thing. He just feels that that is what has happened. Jesse's a friend stealer
3: Um, is what it is. I'm a friend
2: stealer. (laughs) He swoops
3: in and... (laughs) Yes,
2: I have no up in here all over again. <laughs> no redeemable qualities of my own, so I go get other people's friends. <laughs> so, to that point, I much like Andy. Am all flash and no substance. I am totally kidding, <laughs> oh but I really like. I really like that they have this. The, Faye continues to be unimpressed by everything in this episode, right? So, not only is she unimpressed by Spike's telling of this story, where he's like, "Yeah, this." this American cowboy came out of nowhere. She's like, "Mm mm-hmm like, but then she meets Andy and very smoothly, if I may. Right. She's just like, she's in like that. She, she, she does her job. Well, she gets close to the guy really, really easily. Mm -hmm. And even when she's on his horse yacht, she's like super bored, very unimpressed. Like,
3: (laughs) I think she was more upset because she was on the back of that horse riding so hard with him and her face <laughs> is just bouncing off his back and like she's like oh this sucks
2: well partially that but i think she was the way that i read it was that she was like okay at least he's good looking and he has a ton of money like okay what's going on oh he's exactly like spike i can't this isn't yeah. this sucks <laughs> like,
3: i like that i like that epiphany that she had too where she's like oh you remind me of someone I know.
1: <laughs> so there was one point during this whole, whole uh, horse race scene uh, where the horse is chasing after the car. I think Spike threw out the S-bomb. I think oh, he yeah. threw out a heart. Is that the first time in the series that we've got like hard profanity? Nope.
2: No, that's like it's the come f- a couple fourth times. or fifth time, I would say. Okay. Yeah. yeah.
1: This is the first time that it really struck me.
3: It was... it's. This one seemed to be improv because the captions did not say,
2: uh, oh, shit. really?
3: Sorry, uh, I've
2: seen it. I've it's been in like four or five episodes. I want to say, I know Jet has said it, I feel like maybe Faye has done it.
3: I think so, too.
0: But, I'm, I mean, I'm
3: not positive if it's always, um, dubbed differently, but I, it, it just the, the, captions that come up are not that word <laughs>
2: uh there's a lot of it in Stray dog strut says phil and i believe that was the first one that i remembered seeing it in and that was i think why i was so glad that that one was up close to the start of the series because it's like all right ricky D i'll be like i'll be like how many of your children's cartoons have this ricky d best <laughs> flicks ricky d um i i have to highlight this comment from the live chat from callie d When Faye says she has never seen such bad taste in her life after seeing Andy's ship, I wrote, how do you know, Faye? Huh? How do you know? You don't remember most of your life. And then Callie D says, I felt mean. (laughs) Which is You should have felt mean. (laughs) That is fair. Um, And she, how I took that personally was Faye was going, I have tried to seduce a lot of pretty rich dudes in my life and- even they haven't had taste this bad. <laughs> but maybe that subtext the wasn't there. It probably was the soup. She was like, he was like, I'm going to go get some soup. And she went, as long as it's not son of, go-. and then he came out with the can and she went, oh, damn it. No. And he, he, what did he, what did they toast to? He said, let's toast to me reflected in your eyes.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: yes. He was, uh,
3: he was a very, uh, casablanca guy he said some i think that's that's a line from that movie as well as when god where did i have it written down here uh he says here's here's looking at my reflection kid is reference yep. to here's looking at you
2: kid from yeah. casablanca so he, casanova is the word you're looking for uh, but yes, from Casablanca, that line. Phil, Phil was Phil was right. The oh. the the guy, the type of guy, is Casanova. Yes, yes. Thank the you. movie is Casablanca. Thank you. I saw that and I was like, I have to say that word because when I see that word written out, I have to say it. It's a beautiful word.
3: <laughs> I love it. I love it. It is a good word. Um, he, I did like how Andy told uh told him told Spike to call him Wyatt Earp. Yeah, yeah. as well. And
2: and it was like he's playing that um he's playing that role. And to that point, he's doing everything as a role. He's using lines Mm -hmm. from Casablanca. He's using lines on Faye. He's dressed for the part, right? He's, you know, doing all this stuff. He's clearly acting at this thing because he's a rich kid and he knows that it doesn't matter anyway. So, you know,
1: I was, I was thinking about the Andy character near the end of the episode. And if he were like a dungeons and dragons character, he would have high strength. He would have high agility. He'd have high charisma, but I think intelligence is what he's really lacking on. And even even charisma, it's almost like a false charisma. He definitely doesn't really understand how other people are perceiving yeah. him. It's um, <laughs> I don't it, think it's like mm.
2: superpower level myopic, right? Like he's <laughs> he's got only the affluent lifestyle point of view and has like he said yeah. i've got blinders on once i get an idea in my head so he basically tells her yeah i've got an addictive personality and a lot of money to burn so whatever i feel like playing at for a while that's what i'm gonna do right which
3: which he proves at the end of the episode too call me musashi <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's like i'm done playing cowboy i'm gonna go play samurai now
2: like what And a, he's what a kid right and it gives you that immediate image of the typical white trust fund kid who you know you're like hey so what are you up to and they're like oh i'm really into cartography now it's like yeah (laughs) yeah it must be great to be able to say that that's what you're spending a lot of your time on right now that's clearly a privilege that most do not enjoy right but to phil's point i do love his (laughs) rebranding he goes if i can't be a cowboy i'll go be a samurai which is hilarious because that's what jet suggested when they were sing. They sh- he's like, if you had said he was a samurai, I might have believed that. So, yeah.
3: and Callie does bring but, up the point that he does find Tom the teddy bear bomber every time, so he's not mm, that stupid. He
2: does, but he's like... I don't know how to really explain it, though, because he's also... He thinks Spike punched a building into the ground. Like... <laughs> you know? Like... So touche. It's like it's it's a Jane moment. It's is this guy dumb? Like, because we can't. He, he does. He he finds the criminal every time. Right now, to be clear, it seems like by the end of the episode, the criminal is like texting them times and dates and locations. Like, right. hey guys, meet me here, and I'll explain to you what my plan is, and then I'll blow everything up. Like, because he right. just wants to be understood. But I I. I and Spike and the others found him really easily because of Ed. So here's the thing: to that point, we know that Andy has a ton of resources. Oh my gosh! I just realized there's a great parallel between him and Andy from The Office, Trust Fund Kid. Um, <laughs> Holy cow! Yeah, it, who's like I'm going to this leadership thing or whatever this outdoor thing, and then he wants to. Anyways, what do you think? The of Cornell of spaces. Where do you think he's <laughs> located? Ganymede. It's definitely on Ganymede. The okay. prestigious universities are all on Mars, <laughs> according to Futurama. Um, he, yeah, he just he just wanted people to read his manifesto. He he wanted people to know why he was doing this, and and it's just the scene that we get where I, I'm not going to talk about that scene because it's definitely going to come up in our segment, so I pr- I won't talk about that yet. But
3: this poor guy just gets ignored the whole episode, even. The even the freaking bounty hunter TV show is like we got this huge note from him, which is also very <laughs> Batman by the way, and they're like, he We're gonna read note. some of this note. And then they don't even read it all. They're like, Yeah, we're done now, so good luck.
2: <laughs> so is it just me or did Faye going, Hey, is Big Shots on? Are we missing Big Shots? Was that like the most like realistic moment we've had? Like that felt like contemporary dialogue to me. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. Like we you have to just watch say this. That. Don't forget. Yeah, we but need I guess some money. You know they ha- they couldn't have foreseen that in 2071 they probably could stream on demand episodes of Big Shots whenever they want, right. as long as they have the right provider. But
3: well, and <laughs> they have email, right? So <laughs> right. why is uh, why is Teddy Bomber here sending a scroll with his demands and plans instead of like just an email or something? Yeah. I mean, and I guess and, you could trace that, but he well, obviously doesn't care about being
2: found. <laughs> it's so strange. I mean, and that's the thing is like uh you could you could almost call it a theme of this episode, right? Like um the difference between how you view yourself and how others view you could be seen as the theme of this episode because this guy views himself as a hero and he's like I'm just trying to, you know, stop capitalism and corruption. Nobody else is paying attention to him. Even the viewers who are like here to watch people catch criminals ostensibly are like, I don't care what happens with that guy. I want to see what goes down between Spike and Andy. So I, you know, I just, I have to know. And then, you know, Spike's whole struggle is between what he knows about himself to be true, which is that he's the freaking best that there is. And the perception that other people think he's equals with Andy. And then Andy's dichotomy there is clearly Andy thinks he's way better to cooler than he actually is, right? So that perception reality theme is definitely heavy all the way through this episode. And I feel like kind of the only person whose perception stays the same in the whole series so far has been uh, Ed, right? Ed hasn't been on drugs. Ed hasn't pretended to be... Anything other than what she is? Well, and curious. like a seven-foot-tall cross-dressing alien hacker thing, whatever the story was that we heard about her in the episode that we met her. That is just curious,
3: um, and she's been yeah. curious the whole time. In in both of these last episodes, I think the session 21, she's like hanging out on a chair the whole time,
2: right? Or is that in this yeah. one? I, I can't remember. It, um, well, and she's, she's like she's on a ship the whole time, basically.
3: Yeah, and just like being weird, you know, bringing in, bringing in peeps, coming in in <laughs> in this episode, and and stacking um, soup cans to figure out where the you know the villain is. I mean, yeah, she's got to be on the spectrum, right? There's got to be a character that's a bit on the spectrum. I would say.
2: I mean, possibly. I mean, she's just nothing but brilliant, and yeah. At that point, I mean, she doesn't. If you think about it, she doesn't really have any contemporaries on the ship. So, what is she going to talk about other than all the wacky, crazy stuff that she's into? But I feel like it's if, not she a did
3: before they even met her. Well,
2: and that's what I'm saying. It's not an invalid point. It's definitely a possibility. Um, I I would like to spot like the spotlight this really quick. Phil said, if they stream it, they'll be behind on the news, referring to big shots. And Callie D says, you know, I was thinking the same thing. It's like with this podcast, sure. I can watch the old episodes anytime, but it's just not the same as watching it live. And that is an excellent, excellent point, Callie D. If you would like to join Callie D and Phil and Rosie in the live chat at any given week, it's going to be Friday at 8.30 p.m. Mountain Time at youtube.com slash twistmyarmpodcast. Ricky D from Best Flicks with Ricky D. What have you got for us, my friend?
1: Uh, Well, I agree with Philip and Callie that you want to watch it live. I think the point that we're kind of getting at is you don't have to catch Big Shouts live at noon or whenever it is. Like if you're busy at that moment, you can, you can put on, you can get to your TiVo and go. Oh, right, we missed Big Shouts. Let's let's figure out who the bounty is today. And it's not going to be pertinent a week out, but maybe an hour you later, still get access to it in a timely manner, even if it's not live. I bet. Well, it's the, yeah.
3: The I bet the it's a point that I was... that's on the TV Guide channel. Remember that channel? <laughs> they
2: don't have those infomercials. The point that I was more going for was that they couldn't have foreseen there being some other kind of television other than appointment viewing, right? Where it's like you're mm-hmm. at the mercy of whenever the broadcast happens. But your point is, is totally relevant as well, where like, yeah, maybe they didn't, you know, and I am Ricky D is not trying to disagree with you, wonderful folks in the live chat, but like, I'm just getting point, a little emotional. If he's he's a very emotional being, he's red raw beating core of this show. So, but if there if there was somebody that wanted to watch this episode, say twenty minutes after it ended, I wouldn't begrudge them that. In fact, I would be forever grateful if they wanted to do that. But I do are we love talking having about people bebop. Or life. Are we talking so, about us now? <laughs> we're talking about us. I'm not. I didn't bring it up. Callie D. brought it up. So if you'd like, we can go back to talking about bebop. The uh notes from that i have in this episode really thin out though because i was just having so much freaking fun with this episode and it's the pacing is really quick it's like i said before it's cowboy funk is so close to cowboy bebop and then once you see what's going on you really like you get why so ricky d from best flicks with ricky d do you have any notes you feel like i blew past and then after him let's have josh
1: go i think i'm good I. Uh... Uh, maybe we could touch on team america a little bit more uh there was this moment where every time andy showed up there were just buildings crumbling around him but there was a totally like he was totally ignoring that fact and he was only focused on jet or something totally different and he's there to try and solve the problem just like in team america but he's really just perpetuating this destruction
3: right wasn't there some sort of a uh, disclaimer at some point about him where they were like he's he does pick up the the bounties, but he's always injuring a ton of people along the way.
2: Well yes. And that is a very specifically to the movie Team America, that's a very Team America thing. Mm-hmm. Um we do also I had a moment in this episode though where I was like, oh Spike, like now you're just breaking things too, like just because to get after this like that's a little eh, but he, i mean you know it's i love spike i'm not gonna be mad at him so it's like and i get where he's coming from because think about it if you're spike and you know how dangerous you are and how good you are at your job then you know how dangerous it is for somebody else to think that they are that good if they are not right that's going to end up costing more lives in the long run and I think Spike knows that. And that's part of probably because Spike is shown to have a heart. We know that he has a heart. He's not overly an emotional character, but we know that he's, he likes to do the right thing if it's right. not going to kill him. Right. Um. And we also know that he's kind of at a point now where he's like, eh, whatever. <laughs> I'll like, uh, help people. Like, uh, what does he say to Faye when she's like, why are we helping this kid again? He goes, it's called giving Faye. <laughs> like we're doing this because it is the right thing to do. Right. And he's, being condescending he's also doing it because it's a challenge and I think we know that but it's like he he, he is making that point to be fair so right. uh, anything else you feel like we skipped Ricky before we get to Josh sorry Josh oh no you're good
1: uh, I don't think we mentioned how uh, Andy and Spike are drawn the exact same they're almost doppelgangers or twins of each other but one which really leads a little bit extra to their rivalry
2: mm-hmm there, This is not really connected to anything. There was also a shot from behind Andy where, because he was wearing chaps, it looked like he was wearing real short shorts. <laughs> like, for a second I was like, whoa, did his pants get blown off and they're going to have him be, like, in, like, full-on hot pants for the next five minutes of this fight? But, um, yes, you're right. It really helps with that um, that split ego, that, like, You can see why people would have trouble separating the legend of these two very cool bounty hunters, right? Who are both professional cowboys, and then you hear that, and then you see a guy with a cowboy hat. Like (sighs) it makes sense. And yeah, it's dumb, dumb to bring your own theme music with you, but at least the whistle was cool. That tune was cool, and it it reminded me very much
3: like of Kronk from Emperor's New Groove. Whenever does he whistle? He's singing his own theme music. Oh, he! And David it Spade it actually calls him out. Is he? Yeah. Is he singing
2: <laughs> his own theme music? Yeah. yeah. When he's sneaking around, that I. Yeah, I was like, he doesn't whistle. What are you talking about? I was super confused. Totally no, but he fault. he sings
3: his own theme music, and I'm pretty sure that this guy was whistling, like, because he, when he's coming up the elevator and that freaking on the horse, like the whistling <laughs> is quiet and gets louder as the elevator gets closer. Like he is definitely. An all-star whistler,
2: oh. and and at the last meeting, yodeler maybe.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. and at <laughs> the last meeting,
2: some random civilian is walking ab- is walking by, whistling, and Spike's like, "Oh, never mind." <laughs> like, yeah, I w- I kind of would have liked that guy to get a gun pointed at him, like not shot, right? But they Spike could have put just... a gun in his face and then been like, "Oh, my bad," like, because <laughs> right. he's done that before.
3: It's in character, like, right? Oh, that's just it's so funny. Makes me. Giggle. I liked it.
2: <laughs> Did you have any other notes that you think that we uh jumped past there Josh before we get into our segments for the week?
3: I just wanted to further Callie's point about the elevator scene, how when they're in that elevator you can really tell why they have a rivalry. Um and that was just another scene of uh of the ego, the ego booster. That was, you know, we didn't even get to that point where where Spike just punches him in the face. He punches the bounty hunter out of him. He punches him so hard that he quit.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Well, and he, he, I, I think my favorite thing beyond have a good night, Rosie. Thanks
3: for joining us. Oh, Rosie. Rosie, it's
2: midnight. Are you kidding me? Yes. Please go to sleep. That is wonderful. We appreciate your presence more than we can possibly tell you. Yes. Wow. That's dedication folks. I'm wow. Um, but yes, and then and then he has that um the moment where he goes, that was some punch after Spike hits the was it a table or like just like the wall or the pillar or something? But then it just yeah, I Naruto versus Sasuke vibes, with Naruto being Andy, of course. I I'm sorry, Callie D, I know who those people are, but I d again, I haven't seen Naruto, but now I know what to expect from those two characters when I watch. It's going to be a heated rivalry between one character who's actually really cool and talented and one character who just thinks they are. Yes?
3: No? Someone's going to get punched so hard that they (laughs) quit. (laughs) (laughs)
0: And
2: he, like, I, here's the thing I've had a lot of days at my job where I went, nobody would blame me if I just quit. (laughs) <laughs> but I've never, I've never gone through with it. This guy went through with it. Yeah. And how is he not inspired enough to keep going after his world's most loyal horse showed up on an elevator, man? <laughs> like, even if you're not a great cowboy, you've got a great horse, and you got. That's gotta, why he's I a mean, samurai now. That's true. It's probably the same horse
1: until that he makes gets sense. punched
3: so hard that he quits being a samurai.
1: <laughs> he's he'll get karate chopped so hard that he quits. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
2: Oh me, Musashi. Oh, so good. Now and to to the other to the earlier point though of is he dumb? He had the same plan that Spike had. When they got it trapped in the elevator, Spike's like, Yeah, don't worry about it. I reversed the code. Yeah, yeah and he's, he's like, Oh, like, I reversed it. I did that too. And he's like, Seriously? So like <laughs> I he he's not entirely useless, right? He's not a hundred percent incompetent. The guy has some skill. That's the frustrating part for us narcissists, because it's not like we're trying to sit here and go, "Look, this guy is useless." We're trying to go, "He's not as good as you think he is," and I'm only speaking from experience, but I can't say it out loud because then I'll just sound narcissistic. <laughs> so that's what's happening to Spike in this episode, and that's why his vindication is so complete at the end, and why he looked so ultimately relaxed in that last shot. To your point, Could, I mean, I I'm going to defend Spike all day, you guys, and if no, I can do it with I, with a I, little I bit of experience, agree. I'm going to do. It. I
3: completely agree. There, there are so many times in life where I get like validation for things, and I just eat my bowl of son-of-a-gun soup so <laughs> smugly. Oh. You know, like there's been times we at work use where, where I'll do something and just go heat up my ramen noodles and just eat it with such a satisfied look on my face. Oh, man.
2: You guys, we just coined a phrase. So this is the opposite of eating crow. Where you have to like admit that you were wrong and swallow your pride, and this this ultimate prideful vindication is called eating your son of a gun soup. I like this. This is the kind of stuff that you get with the three amigos, my friends. Callie D in the chat says, I got so mad at Tommy Bomber saying bon farewell. <laughs> like he deserved that punch from Faye. Like a good punch too oh man and how how great that we get fay just gets a moment to be kind of everybody gets a moment in this episode to just execute what they're good at right like jet does a pretty good job of dressing up and finding the guy and here's the thing that i was going to ask why does jet maintain his accent after the teddy bomber realizes that they're both bounty hunters he's like oh you're back and you're bounty hunters jet's like yeah baby what's it to you why are you blowing all this stuff? like he stays in character why are you doing that jet like i appreciate that you did it but why are you doing that he doesn't know you you don't have to use a fake voice like right i but what i did love it i think Peace it was love man yeah it was just to illustrate that jet was having fun with that i think yeah <laughs> like i think that's I think that's really cool. So, well, those
3: dudes had given up on the bomber halfway through the episode. They were like, Yes, yeah, I don't want to chase this guy anymore. The reason he's still on the loose is because no one wants to get blown up. And Spike's like, I don't care.
2: I'm (laughs) going to use him as bait to get Andy. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to use this guy to go after who I'm actually after. And then I might get him.
3: So, at least Faye took advantage of that. And obviously followed them and waited for the right opportunity to seize their bounty. They turned him in, right? Did they make some money
2: finally? It seems likely that Faye turned him in. Now, I don't... And I was going to ask, I don't know if that means the bounty would go to her or does that mean most of it would... Or that she would split it just with Jet? (laughs) Or is there some sort of arrangement? Because there seems to be other bounties... Because when they went to go after him, right... Jet goes, I'm not going. And Faye went, yeah, I'm not going either. Yeah. So I was like, in that case, had Spike brought that bounty back, he wouldn't have split it with them, right? So I got to imagine they're not splitting it with Spike either to kind of further twist the little needles. I, I guess maybe <laughs> we'll find out in the next episode. but Definitely possible. Or,
3: or they'll just be like, yeah, we got a little bit of money, but they didn't give us as much as we wanted, and we spent it all on son of a guns. <laughs>
2: Or they could go, we got the full bounty, but they charged us for all of the damage that you and Andy caused in the town when you were just oh. chasing him and you let the bomber get away for a third time. You know what? That makes so much more sense, for sure. Because <laughs> I believe he Jet has mentioned before things with Faye where he's like, yeah, we got the bounty, but your thing cost this, this, and this, and then you, yeah. So. Yep. Do you gentlemen have any other notes before we move into our weekly segments? for the week negative Alrighty then well then it is my absolute pleasure to ask my friend josh to cue up the first segment of the week which of course is spiegel spiel (music) spiegel spiel of course is where we share our favorite quotes from this week's episodes of cowboy bebop even if they were not uttered by mr spike spiegel himself um i have a question to ask you gentlemen um, Would you mind terribly if I went first this week? Not at all. I feel like I have not gone first, and I feel since Kylie isn't here, we can all be on equal playing field, and I want to tell you, gentlemen, that I deeply appreciate that. The reason that I wanted to go first was because I have to share my quote from the second episode. I was trying not to say it as we were going through the episode because I paused. when this When this quote happened, I laughed out loud. I paused. I rewound. I watched it again and I laughed the second time, even though I knew it was coming and had just written it down. Now, this comes very close to the end of the episode when Spike and Andy are at the fountain in front of the Teddy Bomber and he's trying to explain what's going on. Spike and Andy start arguing with each other and the Teddy Bomber goes, didn't you want to hear why I'm doing this? And Andy turns around and goes, what do you want? Who are are you like he has no clue who this guy is like, which is wonderfully consistent because we've seen him think it was spike twice. Then assume that it was jet. Like hit the guy is literally just like blindersing his way through his day. And he's, he knows there's a criminal somewhere in the general vicinity. And that part of why he's there is to apprehend that person. Like, to crystallize the entire conflict of this episode into one moment of having this character yell at the main bad guy, "Who are you?" like <laughs> so upset and why are you interrupting me right now? Like
3: I lost it, you guys. And I I think you I'm, have said that to somebody, but I swear uh, to God, you <laughs> have like we've been at a party at some point, and we're having a conversation and someone walks up to interrupt you and you're like, "Who are
2: you <laughs> so this is part of why i explained very early on that i fully understood where spike was coming from this episode because i knew that it would color my watching of the whole thing and i didn't want anybody to be like whoa is he super narcissistic so if i said it right away then it's totally fine <laughs> um my 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 first pick i guess since that was my second pick um i i i i th- I wrote this down and I'm sure somebody else wrote this down and I if I'm taking this pick I apologize but I literally never get to do that with you guys anymore. So hot dog bun not too young is the first quote that I wrote down because the first thing I thought was is that a some kind of like very dirty joke and then I thought right. no no it's not it's it's ed it's it rhymes and that's why she said it. So and then we get a demonstration of that. She rhymes a couple of other things throughout the episode, but I think that was the only one that I wrote down. Um, oh, there is another one that she said that I wrote down, but I'm not going to say it for fear of taking it from one of the two of you. So to that point, let's have Ricky D from Best Flicks with Ricky D share your selections for Spiegelspiel Spiel this week, my friend.
1: Yeah. Uh, I went all the way into the preview after the credits for my first one. So this was... Said in Boogie Woogie Feng Shui, but it was actually in regards to Cowboy Funk, because they were doing their little preview about Cowboy Funk, and we were seeing Andy, and he's running around doing his thing, and Jet's voice goes, hey, aren't we taking this Cowboy thing a little too far?
2: (laughs) He's, it's, yeah, it's like he's calling out the show itself, like... Mm -hmm and in, and in a show that has had plenty of meta moments, right? It it feels almost the most meta. It's mm-hmm. like I is this is, isn't this kind of on the nose even for a show called Cowboy Bebop. Like I, I love that pick. That's a good pick. Did you have a pick and, from the second episode?
1: Yeah, for Cowboy Funk. Uh I was kind of riding the same vibes you were. Uh at some point the bomber goes I can't stand being ignored. And that was when Spike and Andy were kind of showing off for the first time, and he's just, he's in the background for some reason, even though he's the main villain.
2: <laughs> Threatening potentially thousands of lives at a time every time yeah. we see him, and we're like, oh, this loser. <laughs> like, every oh, you time. I can't stand Who being ignored. You? hes He's so frusti- frustratingly unnoticeable. <laughs> like, yeah. Poor guy. And he's got very distinct features, too. Like, thick beard, you know, square jaw. Like, the guy's intimidating and wearing a giant teddy bear outfit and still somehow just fades into the background of this episode. Uh, by design, of course. But, yeah. Excellent, excellent choice. Josh, my friend, wrap us up.
3: Okay, so I wanted to let you know I do have a line from Kylie and I do have a shot from Kylie. Wonderful. Um, and her ratings for these episodes. But Perfect. you, Jesse, actually took her line in the Ooh. hot dog bun not too young line <laughs> from Ed. so you and Kylie shared the same line of the show uh mine from the first one was just at the at the end there was like an epilogue uh jet was talking and he at some point says "Mifa went back to mars and the room became a smoking zone again
2: yeah. i dig that uh, and it's, cause it's it's happened I mean, to me in real life <laughs> When we knew, right? We knew that wasn't gonna be permanent. I did really love the one shot we got of them standing outside smoking, but yeah. Um and and he's like I, I feel like that's kind of what I one of the things I love about Jet is that he does have the presence of mind to be like, Yeah, I know that I smoke here. That's why me telling that you, you can't is a big deal. So stop.
1: Like, right. It was kind of a fatherly moment. Right. Yeah.
3: Or a older brother moment, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and then my second line from Session 22 Cowboy Funk was when Spike is all proud of himself and talking crap about this guy that he just punched so hard he quit. Um, <laughs> it was a rich boy hobby. He was on a different level, or should I say, out of his league with me. Yes. Just like so cocky about it. And i was like, yeah, yeah, that sounds like something you would Sorry say. Spike. I know. <laughs>
2: Oh, I thought you were gonna say my name, but yeah. Um, so, <laughs> those are both very good You're supposed picks. To be and a I
3: recovering narcissist, not a functioning one.
2: <laughs> I've been called both, so I'm having a small identity crisis. If you um, missed it, he was called
3: that in our Q and A of PodCon, uh, Part Two, which was just uploaded this last week. Shameless.
2: Definitely go check out the Twist My Arm podcast feed. You can find Part One and Part Two of hashtag #TMAPodCon21. Now, I believe (laughs) we we should get a drop for that. Um, (laughs) I believe that means that we are ready to move into our second weekly segment, which, of course, is Shot of the Show. Shot of the Show, as you know, is where we share our favorite visual moments from this week's episodes. Those moments that impacted us just a little more meaningfully than the rest. And because that felt weird, and I don't ever want to do it again, let's have Ricky go first for a shot of the show. It felt dirty. Didn't like it.
1: Yeah, for Boogie Woogie Feng Shui, I'm going in at 13 minutes 51 seconds.
3: Bring it up right It is
1: the moment, there we go, uh, it is the moment (laughs) where Jet is telling Spike and Faye, uh, probably shouldn't be smoking in here anymore. We need to get a little bit of a smoke-free zone. We've got what was Mafa? She's yeah. sitting there coughing and she's having a hard time dealing with all of this. And Spike and Faye are just totally oblivious to the effect they're having. So Jed had to step in and go, all right guys, take it into another room. Go outside with that. Yep.
2: It kind of makes you wonder too, why he, he's never been worried about Ed. Is that because they're like, like Ed's not sitting in one spot, absorbing double cigarette smoke. <laughs> like Ed's always moving around and kind of not paying attention anyway. I think Ed
3: kind of stays away from it. I feel yeah. like whenever they're smoking, Ed knows to...
1: Ed will probably also invent a way to clean her lungs.
2: <laughs> I could see that. And your second shot, my friend?
1: Second shot from Cowboy Funk. Uh, this is when Ed is stacking up all of his uh, son-of-a-gun soup. Uh, I thought it was especially... Well, one, it's Ed doing it. I love anything Ed is doing. Uh, the pyramid-shaped soup cans being uh, stacked into pyramid shapes i thought was kind of interesting so <laughs> this was just a cool little shot
2: yeah i don't know that i've ever seen a triangular can personally i mean I i've like seen like the w- square spam cans but i've never seen a i can, feel like it'd be can. really hard to open well i mean it depends on the way it's manufactured this is not what our show is about. This no. is an excellent <laughs> pick for Shot of the Show, Ricky D from Best well, Ricky D. Well, if I
1: talk <laughs> about cans, I think circular <laughs> cans provide a certain structural integrity that okay, cans triangles with Triangles are
2: edges. the strongest shape that there is, so <laughs> let's not get into this. Um, <laughs> Josh, what were your picks this week for Shot of the Show?
3: Okay, so for session 21, my pick was at minute marker 1534. Five, Yeah, 1535, and it is this bad boy right here. Very reminiscent of things that I also did in my past. when <laughs> Lighters would get stolen or would die, and I didn't have any fire. I would light my cigarette over the stove and run outside to, as to not get any smoke in the house. So I, I thought that was just funny that even in 2071, they're still using the stove to light their cigarettes.
2: And... The this is the second or third non-standard cigarette lighting implement that we have seen Spike take advantage of in the series up to this point. I believe. Yep.
3: Because he used the flamethrower, and I actually took a shot of that one too. Because I was like, it reminds me of lighting my cigarette on a stove. And look, <laughs> here we are lighting our cigarettes on the stove.
1: We've only got a few more episodes, but God, I would love to see Spike light a cigarette with like a magnifying glass <laughs> in the sun. <laughs>
2: That'd or be awesome. standing behind uh, his friend Duan's uh, space shuttle as it fi- as he fires the engines on it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That'd be pretty I could badass, dude. I could see that. Yeah. Uh, did you, you have a second pick, and then you said Kylie also had some picks. I do have a second
3: pick, and Kylie has one shot of the show. So, my second pick is uh, from session twenty-two. Is at the eight-minute mark. Obviously, <laughs> this is the best shot of the show. Um, Jet the shot in
2: which jet looks the most like Josh
0: <laughs>
3: <laughs> i mean i that's pretty much it right there he, he <laughs> looks like he works for me, and it's great <laughs> um and i also i also love spike's uh masquerade mask up here i think that's pretty cool
2: it, it totally useless because he only puts that on and doesn't change his outfit which the guy has already seen like now to be clear spike's not hiding from the guy right they're just there looking for him they're not worried if the guy recognizes them right right hippie um, jet yes is is he is a sight to behold i would take a plushie of hippie jet honestly yeah
1: funko pop me too yeah
3: i'd, I'd take a nice 375 action figure that's that's what i collect but uh kylie shot of the show is from episode session twenty two, and it would be minute marker ten oh nine, and it is this bad boy right here. Um, she said she really enjoyed the uh, the fact that Faye's face kept just bouncing off <laughs> back, like, like she had no idea what was going on, and just you can hear her voice, she's like,
1: <laughs>
2: yeah, and it's he's really funny. And she did it to, like, you know, it, the partial attempt to seduce the guy. She's like, how about a ride? Yeah. And then it goes from being smooth to being, no, actually, he doesn't even care about you, Faye. <laughs> like, he doesn't care about anything. Right. Except what he's doing. So. He doesn't
3: even know where he is right now or
2: what he's doing or who he's hunting. And to be clear, the dude knows that about himself because he very straightforwardly tells her a couple minutes later, hey, once I got an idea, I got blinders on. So. <laughs> Good yeah. Lord. So my first selection for shot of the show this week comes from minute marker twelve fifty nine. This is Jet and Mepha in front of the sunset on the water, and it's, you know, normally you would you would uh, assume this is going to be a romantic scene, um, but I definitely saw this more uh, as a, like you were saying earlier, a paternal relationship and i definitely get those vibes from this you've got the sun setting you know on her on her father's life and the alignment of all these different energies you've got the three colors with the three cheese in this screen and it's just it's a beautiful shot you know had this been um a photograph you could put this on a postcard it's 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 beautiful oh excellent point in the live chat callie d Faye's dress reminded her of Kaylee's pink ruffle dress from the shindig. And that is a very, very good point. Uh, It's definitely got some similarities. The frills, it's not slinky, but it it is frilly. And (laughs) probably takes more than the space of a schoolboy's wink to get Faye out of that dress, if I do (coughs) say so myself. Now... My second pick for a shot of the show this week is real, real close to the front half of this episode. Like I was saying, we get a collar almost right away from, Faye here, or from Spike here. This is at 2 minutes and 22 seconds. Spike gives the bomber back his teddy bear. And the bomber in this frame, I think this is the frame where you can see the bomber recognizing that he is being chased by Spike Spiegel and is <laughs> terrified by that fact. It's a moment of realization right there in that shot, I think. Love that Spike just has a bag of groceries. <laughs> <laughs> this ain't this ain't even Spike's whole day.
3: Like <laughs> yeah. He's like, Oh dang, I I got lucky here. I was just out getting some food and I can catch this guy now. This is great.
2: Yeah, that's what that's he's got other stuff going on. So <laughs> yeah. All right, guys, I think that means that it is time for us to rate this week's pair of episodes. So, Josh, let's start with you so that I can also get Kylie's ratings from you, and then we'll go rookie D, and then I'll go last.
3: Okay. So, to be honest with you, um, session 21, Boogie Woogie F- uh, Feng, Shui, Feng Shui, was not my favorite. It was fun, it was cool, Um, but it's not one that I would watch over and over again. It's probably one that I would actually skip. If I were to watch this whole series over again and was trying to just find my favorite episodes, I rated this one a six. Um, again, it's just not not my favorite. Kylie rated it a nine; she really enjoyed this one. So,
2: wow, that's quite the disparity.
3: Yeah, yeah, I know. And it's again, it's not bad by any
2: means. Um, it oh had, no, it it certainly a good story it's certainly not rewatchable. Stuff, but yeah, well, and it, it, it <laughs> and that's. <laughs> yeah. Kinda of the point though is like if it doesn't um hit you as hard, then that's why we have the ratings. Like that's sort of the yeah. point. So
3: And I'm not I'm not a cold hearted B, okay? <laughs> obviously, G D B Obviously I have emotions. Kinda like Ricky. Not as much as Ricky, but I do have emotions. It just this one just didn't didn't tickle those emotions. I didn't get all misty eyed or anything, so
2: that's that's totally. I appreciate your honesty, and that's totally fair. Nobody begrudges you your ratings. How about for the second episode?
3: Second episode, I actually rated that one an eight point five. Thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, the the cowboy aspect, the the guy just being an oaf. This is this is one that I will probably watch again before we do next week's episode because I, I really enjoyed <laughs> it. Um, so yeah, I'm giving it an eight point five. Kylie also gave this one a nine.
2: Oh wow. Kylie had a great week with Cowboy Bebop. She That's did. good to hear. She
3: She watched it last night. She did all of her stuff last night and uh got all prepared but unfortunately uh She p-
2: she plans ahead better than any of us really.
3: She really does. Usually she's like Thursday nights, "Hey, you ready to watch Bebop?" and I'm like, "Uh
2: <laughs> I got a thing I got to do." I'll f- I'll forget or <laughs> yeah.
1: You make an anime noise when she asks you. <laughs> <laughs> Is that what we heard? <laughs> That's what yep. I heard.
2: He probably makes a face with even fewer details than normal, too. <laughs> so, I believe that... Thank you, Josh, for bringing Kylie's ratings with you. We appreciate that. and miss Kylie. Uh, Ricky D from Best Flicks with Ricky D. What are your ratings this week, my friend?
1: Yeah, uh, you know, I'm hearing Josh. He wasn't quite as big of a fan of the Boogie Woogie Fung Shui episode, and I'm reading a little bit about that online as well. There's a lot of people... The bee-boppers? Not a big fan of the episode. Yeah, the boppers. The boppers. boppers. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> I liked it. I'm going to go with 7.5. I definitely enjoyed it. I wouldn't skip it on another watch through. Uh, although, I guess a lot of the storytelling that they got out, it's kind of a, now that you know it, it's less important. But it's still, it was a good episode. It's, shut up, Josh. <laughs> um <laughs> Uh, it was a good episode. I thought it really t- told us a lot about Jet. Uh, mm-hmm. And it really, it evolved his character a little bit. We got to see more of him than we usually do. And for American, I don't have my notes up. That is
2: not What's, the name of the episode, but go ahead. No.
1: <laughs> uh,
3: Cowboy Graffiti, you were close.
1: Cowboy <laughs> Funk, thank you. <laughs> wow. I appreciate you guys <laughs> being so helpful. Uh, for Cowboy Funk, I'm going with a Nine. This episode was just tons of fun, lots of laughs, uh, and easily rewatchable before next week again. So oh, yeah. Give it a nine to Cowboy Funk.
2: I, I I really agree with you 100% there. So my rating for the first episode, uh, I am going to go with a, a seven as well. Um, I I do really like the second half of the episode. I love the crazy hard turn into the sci-fi references and, like, you know, mile a minute just crazy techno babble of made up sci-fi stuff and then that high emotional scene between the portal. I just it's it's not on my list of favorite episodes. I don't dislike it. Uh sort of a I guess you could call it a middling episode. But um I th- I know that I had a little bit more fun with it than Josh did, so I'm gonna bump it a little bit to a seven. And then um I I don't know for for, for the second episode I I'm, I'm just going to give it a 10 because I rate purely on my emotions and how much fun I have which with each episode um and this one in mushroom samba I'm just like these are probably if I could only pick two favorite episodes these might be those two um so, and, and I just, like I said, I when I got to that laugh at the end, I paused it, rewound it, watched it again, and laughed again, like, four seconds later. So, for me, that's good enough for a 10, personally. Um, and I I'd never want anyone to think that, like, if we have different ratings or a big gap in our ratings that we, like, think the other person is wrong. The point of giving these ratings is to show that even if we're all enjoying ourselves, there can be a range of what's going on. So, um, Josh, if you wouldn't mind... Give me a little preview as to what is coming to the Twist My Arm podcast in the next couple of weeks while I do some math.
3: Ooh, um, I, I'll i just start out some shout-outs here while you do a little bit of math. I'll Certainly do a shout-out. Um, just another huge shout-out to everyone that took part in PodCon 21. Um, that was so much fun, and the part two of that is now up online if anyone would like to check that out. And then I wanted to give a huge shout-out to Jason from Made You a Mixtape and it's it's funny cuz i say i say made you a mixtape like i made you a mixtape but it's actually um make oh, made you a mixtape as in like your mixtape so jason talks to um he talks to people um and at the end of their conversation he actually has them um give a mixtape of what people would you know or or how he would intr- how people would introduce themselves through music
2: which is a really fun podcast. Really fun oh, contract. so he's like making you a soundtrack almost. Yeah. Like here's, pretty, y- here's your, your personal. Soundtrack. That's really cool. Yeah, it's it's
3: a really, really fun podcast. And he's got some really interesting um, uh, guests on there. So check out uh, Made You a Mixtape. And then he also runs another podcast called It's It's Not That Bad, where he watches really bad movies and tries to prove to you that <laughs> it's not that bad. Um, which I, I really enjoy that concept too. But him and I had a fantastic conversation last night, um, just about life, Canada, um, <laughs> you know, his podcast, like all, all sorts of things. So he's from Canada, which was even. Right. You so know.
2: when when will that episode be on your feed? That's uh, next
3: Thursday is when that one comes out. We um, just cool. recorded it last night, so I give myself a little bit of editing time. Um, good
2: call. I've never done that before, and I probably would benefit hugely from it.
3: There's, you know, there's a few other podcasts I need to like maintain, <laughs> so I, I give yeah. I give myself a little bit of time. Um, and then Marvel That's Can of Madness call. is actually going to be doing a review of Shang Chi next Wednesday, Ooh. Um, the new Marvel movie that just came out today. So that should be cool. that should be fun. Wednesday at eight o'clock. Mountain Standard Time, check out Marvel Can of Madness right here. Wherever you're watching this right now, it'll it'll be there.
2: <laughs> and if you're listening to this, go to twistmyarmpodcast.com to get links to all of the shows that are part of the network. Thank yes. you, Josh. I deeply appreciate that. For episode our first episode this week, uh, that means that Sudden But Inevitable gives this episode a 7.35 out of 10. Not bad at all. For Cowboy Funk, however, the Sudden But Inevitable Rebop gives it a 9.125 out of 10. I like the sound of that Mm -hmm. big time. Now, to echo my friend Josh, I also have one or two quick little shout-outs. The first thing that I'm going to say is please, please, please go check out the Green Shirt Recast episode. Our friends at the Green Shirt, a newbie's trek through Next Generation podcast, just put out an episode where they imagined if Star Trek The Next Generation were made today, who would be good to cast for the show? It's not them saying, we wish it was these people or they should recast it and reboot it. It's just a fun exercise in what would be, you know, a hypothetical fun thing. And I got to tell you, They have some excellent picks. I really kind of would like to see some of their picks take a shot at making an episode of Star Trek. Even if it's just purely for my entertainment, I would be willing to fund that. I don't have the means to do so, but I would be willing. So definitely go check out the Green Shirt Podcast because next week, Cameron from the Green Shirt Podcast is going to be sitting in with us here at Sudden But Inevitable. You probably remember Cameron from Season 1 when we were talking about Firefly. He's one of our favorite guests. He's one of my favorite people, and he's one of my favorite podcasters. I listened to them their entire backlog and caught up, and now I just have to wait for episodes to come out like a normal person, and it it hurts. It's hard to wait because their show is biweekly, and that hurts me. So please go check out our friend Cameron and the rest of the crew at the Green Shirt Podcast. That's actually the only direct specific shout-out that I have this week. Other than to say one more time, I apologize, Sinicera, I'm going to put your show, you know, or your sh- store link in our show notes for the rest of this season because I feel bad about not doing it last week. And I'll go back and edit last week's notes so that they're in there. It's just that that won't be the currently most popular episode. So I'm going to take care of that, I promise. Thank you for putting up with me. Ricky D from Best Flicks with Ricky D. Have you got a shout this week, my friend?
1: I do have one shout out. I mentioned these guys, I think, back during Firefly days, but uh, I've been following Film Rage, at Film Rage YYC. They're kind of some snarky guys that have, uh, they like to just make fun of different movies, and even if it's good, even if they're saying good things about it, they're still a little snarky about it, which is definitely the way I like to imbibe my media. I like a little bit of sarcasm with it. Indeed. Uh, they recently did an episode about Candyman, the new Candyman movie came out. That was, uh, Clive Barker. He did a lot of really good horror movie, or horror books mm-hmm. that and a lot of them got turned into movies. He, he was kind of running that whole situation before Stephen King even got there. He just had tons and tons of horror books that were turned into movies. Uh, Candyman is something that came out in the nineties that, uh, my generation is pretty familiar with the Candyman. And it's being remade by Jordan Peele. Uh, I love Jordan Peele. I love his director, uh, all the movies he directs. I love all of the comedy skits that he did, did with Key and Peele.
2: So did he produce that? Because I think Naya DaCosta directed the new one, right?
1: Really? Uh, it must have been produced. Because I know it's part of the Monkey Paw Productions. Gotcha. So it must be production. Uh, but still, yeah. I think it's going to be a great movie. I'm not back to going to theaters yet. All of the new movies that I'm seeing are the ones that they're releasing on HBO. Same. So I haven't seen Candyman yet, but it's supposed to be very good, and they're saying good things about it on the Film Rage podcast. So on Twitter, at Film Rage YYC, and also find their podcast.
2: Yeah, I don't know. Thank you, Ricky D from Best Looks with Ricky D. I don't know how I screwed that up. To follow Cameron on Twitter, it's at Greenshirt87. I'm sorry. (laughs) There you go. At Greenshirt87. (laughs) Alright. Uh Josh, did you have anything else you needed to get out? Or are we getting close to uh hitting that old dusty trail? I think uh I think we're getting close here. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well then let's take this opportunity to say one big final gorgeous thank you to everybody in the live chat. Callie D, uh Rosie, Valerie, Phil, you wonderful folks. You you just we have so much fun with you guys and I can't I'm never going to get over how cool it is for us to know that when we hit go live on a show, there are people there ready to watch that. Um, we have done shows before where we hit live and we know that nobody is there. And we still do those shows because I mean that's, that's what we do. We like to make podcasts. But to have steady, stable, consistent, just loving support every week is the only thing that we really ever wanted out of this whole podcasting thing, we just wanted to make cool friends and we have definitely done that. So thank you from all of us, from the bottom of our hearts. Thank you for being here with us every week and for listening out in podcast land and coming in to watch live. It's just, you guys are the best and we, we really love you. So for the sign off order, let's this, let's go uh, Ricky D and Josh and you guys i want to thank you ricky d from best flicks with ricky d and josh this has been fun you guys it's been a while since it was just us three but i think we pulled it off and i am sure that kylie will watch back through this and go they should have done this and this and this instead but i'm okay with that because i had a lot of fun with you guys dream team dream team so for the sudden but inevitable rebob i have been jesse
1: this is ricky d from Best Flicks with Ricky D.
2: And I'm Josh. See you, Space Cowboy. Thank you for listening to the Sudden But Inevitable Rebop. Follow us on Twitter at Sudden But. Follow us on Instagram at Sudden But Inevitable Podcast. Or go to twistmyarmpodcast.com/slash SBI to get everything all in one place. The Sudden But Inevitable Rebop is a Twist My Arm Podcast. The views and opinions expressed on this show are held solely by those speaking them. It was he who asked
0: who wants to get funky.